I've spent a lot of time with Grant Cardone and Brad Lee and, and some of these people that are at a higher level that I'm aspiring to be at. And that's because I'm intentionally building my network so that I can go get that big B in front of my name or behind my name, the billion, because uh, that's my goal, right? Yeah. I don't care when it happens. I don't care if I'm 70, but I want to build a billion dollar net worth based around real estate. Mike check. Good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth is the Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade. Every day I'm hustling. What's going on, guys, in the Online Hustlers Podcast? As you all know, we bring in great players of the game all the time. Um, this season two, we're going to be bringing in people in person, uh, people that are doing great deals, uh, people doing a lot of good stuff in the real estate space, whether that's in tech, whether, whether that's in coaching side, whether that's education, they're in the business, they're buying a lot of portfolio, multifamily. And today we have someone special, um, and his name is Justin Colby. Justin Colby has been in a space for how long, man? 15 years. 15 years. And he's been in the space for 15 years. No, no one that I've actually talked to uh, so far has been that long in this podcast. There's a few people that are that being like maybe seven years or so on. But he is actually one of the OGs in the real estate wholesaling side, real estate investing side. And he runs the science of flipping. Um, so I really love that, that name. I actually, I'm an engineer myself. So I, I take everything as a science. I take sales as a science. I yeah. take marketing as a science. So you took flipping yeah. as a science. Yeah. Where did that name come from? Um, I actually, so when I first started my podcast, it all came from a podcast. Uh, my buddy Sean Terry and I, we were just BSing and, and he actually gave me the, he was like, bro, the science of flipping. I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm going to take that. <laughs> and because uh, we were just kind of coming up with names and, he didn't really love his name at the time. And so uh, that was it. And, and funny, and I'm going to start this episode off on a weird, weird foot. It actually worked against me. I got sued. Oh. And the the lawyer that was on the, I guess it's the plaintiff's behalf, uh, kept referencing. But it's a science, right? Flipping is a science. So it can be exact. It's scientific, isn't it? Uh, I overcame all that and I won the lawsuit. But nonetheless, they harped on this idea that there is a scientific proven model to the number every time it works perfectly. Oh. And quite literally, it is the opposite of that. Real estate yes. is not a business that you can ever expect anything to go perfectly, let alone, you know, being scientific down to the, you know, Nat's ass and 0.00000% doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, uh, interestingly enough, uh, that name has some uh, history behind it, I guess. Man, that's so interesting. So, you just got a lawsuit out of nowhere. Did yeah, I lost a lot of money on a rehab. It was a million-plus dollar rehab, right? And um, we lost. You're in the game long enough. You're not going to win every single time. And, and quite frankly, if anyone's out there saying that they've never lost money on flips or they've never lost money in real estate, it's because they did one deal. They made money and they haven't done another deal because otherwise they're just lying. So I say that to say, um, you know, so we lost money. There was a private lender involved in the lawsuit. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. There was a private lender in the deal and the private lender didn't like the idea of losing money. Yeah. Although they were a lender. Yeah. And clearly, you know, you're taking a risk as a real estate you, investor. You investor. So they decided to sue. Oh. Again, as I said, we won. Um, but no one wins. I mean, that's the reality. No one won. Yeah. Everyone it's ended up spending a lot of money. We all still lost a lot of money. Both sides lost a lot of money. It just sucks. Um, but as, as you know, as it goes, you know, this is kind of 
what entrepreneurship is. It's not always pretty. It's not always rainbows. Yeah. It's not always about the luxury you see on Instagram and in all these other places. It's real, right? And yeah. you know, if you're playing big enough, you know, as Biggie said, right? More money, more problems. Yeah. Um, no one wants those problems, but the reality is, if you really go for what you're trying to go for, if you're really going for something big, there's chances that things don't work out and there's problems to be had. Yeah, and you said it yourself, man. I mean, flipping is not a predictable science. But however, you can you can definitely, based on your behaviors and beliefs and on how you're going to take this business to another level, you can definitely like go through the seasons and beat those seasons. Of course. Dude. Absolutely. I talk a lot about that. I think there's some seasonality in, every, in life, by the way. And seasons can be a week. You know, it could be a month. It could be a year. Um, and so what you want to do if you're in a bad season or a negative season, get through it as fast as possible. And the only way to get through it is literally through it, right? You can't go over it, can't get around it. You got to dive into it and just get through it, right? And so, um, you know, we talked about how I firmly believe this is the best time to be a real estate investor, period, since 2008, right? And a lot of people are like, what do you mean? The interest rates and inflation and all this other stuff. That creates opportunity. I've been doing this 15 years and what have seen over the last, call it 10, since 2012, really 2010, but 2012 on is appreciation, 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 appreciation for a decade yeah, and more, by the way. And so what happened is people that got into the game in the last two or three or four years, they likely have made a lot of money. They should have. Everyone did. If you're a real estate investor in the last four or five years, you should have made a lot of money because the market was absolutely on fire. No more than the last two years of COVID and interest rates being incredibly low. Yeah. But that doesn't develop a strong business owner, doesn't develop a strong hustler. It, it just develops kind of what I had when I first got started, which is kind of an easy road, an easy path to making money. But you don't develop skill. You don't harness a skill. You don't become stronger, right. right? It's like taking steroids without working out. Yeah. You might physically look amazing, but tell that person to go put up 400 pounds on a bench press and they can't do it because they're not working out. They just artificially built the muscle per se, and then they have no skill or talent behind that. Same thing that happened to a lot of people is three, four, five years, they've just, they have had wind at their back and they could do no wrong because the market allowed them to do no wrong. Yeah. So now what we've seen in the last, call it quarter, is a lot of those people are having a really difficult time and they don't have a skill set to rely on. And so now they're scrambling. And that allows us, the experienced investor, someone that has a system, has a strategy. A real business. A real business yeah. to flourish. Yes. And on top of all the fact that, you know, since 2008, the economy has been absolutely booming. Everyone is making money in every vertical. It's been incredible. Interest rates are incredibly low. Um, and now there's a lot of pain in the streets, right? It, you know, name, name the name. Google, Salesforce, Facebook, Amazon, name the name. They're laying off people at the tens of thousands. Yes. Every day I look at the, not every day, but I feel like every time I look at the news, there's a headline article, Amazon, 10,000 people laid off. Facebook, Facebook canceled a billion dollars worth of office leases at the end of 2022. They wrote a check saying, I'm going to prepay all the rent. We're canceling the, the, the leases because they knew and know that the growth is stopping and that they can't afford the affordability of it all. That means pain's in the street and we can take advantage. Wow. What, what do you think that means for, for example, what can we learn from Facebook or all this multi like mainstream media type of companies that we can apply to real estate? Well, I think in general, I'm more of the, uh, to some extent, I think, um, people don't understand. They want to tout how big their business is. They want it to look good. They want it again, the social media effect, right? oh man, I got 20 people in the office. They're all banging the phones or doing these things, blah, blah, blah. But then no one's really looking at that person's P&L because there's operational costs, there's salaries, there's commissions taking off the top of those commissions, um, off, the, off the spreads. So all those things go into actually a bottom line P&L. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So what I encourage people to do is become a better CEO of their business and not just the hustler that wants to look cool. Because if you actually know how to run a business, for example, I, as soon as COVID hit, I ended all office leases. I had an office in, in Phoenix, Nashville, and in one here about to start in Miami. Canceled them. Damn. And I canceled them because I said, okay, I don't know what's going to happen with COVID. I want to reduce as much cost as possible in my business. And it was a blessing because my business can run totally virtual. Everyone's real estate business can run virtual. They just don't know the process or the system behind it to allow it to happen. So they feel like they have to have an office. They can only do deals in, in their own backyard. And that's just not the case. A yeah. real estate investor, look at hedge funds, for example. They don't have offices in every single city they're buying homes. Look at the iBuyers. Look at all these. Like, they don't have offices everywhere. They have a hub, right? And we have a hub. And I can do business in my real estate business, my coaching business, my um, SaaS business or, or software business. None of it has a true office, not in the sense of employees. We have office in California. I have a, an executive suite I was just talking to you about here in Miami. But, you know, that's basically for the executives. That's it. And you also want to bring people for the podcast. Let's go. Like, uh, so we'll do a lot of person. cool stuff. If you're watching this episode, we're going to have people on my podcast from here. I'm going to give people to Esteban to have you know, feature here on this podcast. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun here in Miami. There'll be a great culture here. Are you going to be doing deals live in there or is it going to be in the guitar again? Or do you have something going on where you actually help um, people that want to get into real estate or are already in real estate and they want to experience the entire kind of like user experience yep. of what does it taste? What does it feel like calling a seller, talking to a homeowner? What does it feel like talking with uh, with the realtor, yeah. partner up with the realtor? So I saw that happening, um, Deals Live, yeah. right? I think you and Eric Klein did that. And I know it was a first-time test, but it, I think it was it went well. It went so well. Yeah. So are you going to be doing that here in Miami, or how, how does that look like? So we're looking at my calendar. We're going to try to do one a month is what okay. I want to do. And it is do deals live. So for all of those out there that want to do some event with Ed Milet and get all raw, raw, and let's go and you can win. This is not that. Okay. This is to your point. It is getting in the trenches, calling homeowners, calling agents, working with buyers, getting deals sold, making offers, creative finance structuring, like literally doing deals with me, my team. I had Eric Klein there to teach sales. Uh, so we are actually going to be doing another one, January, uh, February 24th and 25th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I don't know if the link is due deals live. I can send the link if you post it somewhere. Yeah. Um, but we will be doing it. It's very inexpensive for two days of actually getting into the business doing deals is $297. Yeah. You can't see value like that anywhere. This is not rah-rah. For I me, want, it was a no-brainer. Of course, right? You were there. I mean... I just want to be clear. It is really doing deals. It is really talking to homeowners. It is really talking to agents. It is really making offers. It is really finding a buyer. It is really sending that DocuSign, right? That's the intention of the two days. And quite honestly, it's some of the most fun two days I get to have. And so that's why we're doing it again and maybe doing it every month. And so this next month, it, the next one is February 24th, 25th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Man, and in the one day that was only calling to homeowners and calling realtors, I know there was like 16 locked 13, up contracts. 13, 13 locked up contracts. Uh, that is wild there in two days. really impressive. Because yeah. like you also get the kind of the vibe of what would it be in a team that they're locking up things live, right? Yeah. They're like, let's say, for example, if you were, ever have closers, acquisition managers locking up, and whether you do that in Zoom or in an office, you feel the same environment, right? Because yep. like people are like locking up, hey, I just got this property on the contract. Oh, what do you do differently? I want to do that as well. Like, how did the conversation go? Yeah. It was, so what was really fun is we kind of broke the tables out into teams. And that exactly happened. Like, there was one in the back right that I think they got four contracts of the 13. And this table, and they weren't all, uh, like, they're all separate. They didn't know each other when, when the two days started. They were all supporting each other, listening to each other's call, right? One person had a little more experience and would say, hey, say this, say this, right? And so it's just a really cool, impactful, powerful two days, especially for those that are just having challenges right now, right? We just talked about, you know, those people. And and if you want to know what we know and how, why we're having the level of success in a hard, difficult time, 
is because I've been around long enough. I have a structure. I have a a way to negotiate. I've done hundreds of creative finance deals, right? I mean, that's the reality. And so I would encourage anyone to be there, right? It is a no-brainer for $297 to spend two days with me, my team, actively doing deals. Uh, there's nothing out there in our space of real estate investing like that, right? You basically have been already through a real recession, and you've learned from that. Of course. Yeah. So like right now, that is... It's it's not the same thing as 2008, 2009. Nothing close. So you you have built that muscle. You have built a recession-proof skill set. Yep. And so so let's walk through people. Um, so if if someone comes into science of flipping, would there be someone that they're kind of starting out or they already have started but they just can't grow? What's yeah, there's. I mean, there's two levels that I coach, right? So there are the newbies. Yep. Um, and they're learning a lot more of the fundamentals and how to structure an offer. I mean, something as simple as like, what's the difference between a purchase contract and an assignment, right? So they're learning some of that fundamental basics. They're learning how to find the deal. They're learning how to negotiate. Then I have like an upper echelon elite group. Um, those are doers. Those are people already actively doing deals um, in all different formats. I mean, I'm just thinking about who's in there. Like I have contractors in there that are you know fixing and flipping their own homes but they don't know how to build a business out of it i have i have a married couple in there that are like experts at seller notes seller finance notes um but they have a hard time developing their own lead sources they buy everything from wholesalers so they need to keep some of that margin for themselves i mean i just literally have, have wholesalers that you know they do a lot of deals but they can't build a team so they're basically hustlers they're in the business all day every day um, that level of coaching is different. Uh, frankly, there's just different problems, right? They all have problems, uh, but they're just different issues, right? And so it's more about scaling. So there are two separate levels. The higher level comes with a mastermind built into the coaching because I firmly believe in community. Obviously, you have a loyal uh, listenership here, but community is everything. Uh, 2023 for me is all about networking. Um, you know, and I applaud you. You're coming with me to the mastermind and, and that's incredible. And I've spent a lot of time with Grant Cardone and Bradley and, and some of these people that are at a higher level that I'm aspiring to be at. And that's because I'm intentionally building my network so that I can go get that big B in front of my name or behind my name, the billion, because uh, that's my goal, right? Yeah. I don't care when it happens. I don't care if I'm 70, but I want to build a billion dollar net worth based around real estate. Yeah. And, and, you know, listen, I don't come from money. I don't think everyone has their story. I was never sleeping in a car. I was never homeless or anything as a kid. But, you know, to be able to say I can go build that through real estate might take me two, three decades to do it. But I know I can do it. And I feel like one of your missions is to truly transfer over that. And I, you, I feel like you're really excited about the education and the impact that you're doing. Like I saw you jumping out yeah. of joy yeah. during the deals live. Be sure. like, oh, my God, I love being in the education business. Yeah. And like uh, one thing I admire from you, man, is that you actually have been in stages that are really, really big. And being in a stage, feeling the pressure of like, hey, there's so many people. Mm -hmm. Whatever I say, it's influential. Yeah. And whatever I say, also people can take it wrong. People can take it right. Or they can do like mistakes out of it. But like, how do you handle that? Because like, you've been with Grant Cardone recently, man. Yeah. And now, um, that that's that to me. First of all, being aligned with him and being in the same space shows that you really are playing big. Yeah. First of all, all right, you're playing the right game. You're wanting to help a lot of people because Grant Cardone has a lot of attention, and a lot of people know him. Yeah. So sure. from here, I just feel like you're gonna explode even yeah. more than what you what you currently have. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. So, how do you how, how does it feel like really being on stage, uh, impacting people, or what's really the mission there? So, the the history behind it as a kid, I thought I was going to be a teacher. Okay. My grandmother, who essentially was my mother, uh, she was a teacher and a principal my whole life and her whole life, right? So that's what I knew. So I thought I was going to go that direction, right? So once I got old enough to realize how much money they actually make. I decided I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. Yeah. Um, but that the the passion to give and to help and to do what teachers do, uh, which they should be the billionaires, to be frankly. I mean, that's that's another subject. So then I thought, okay, well, I want to make more money while helping others. So I'm going to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So I told my grandma, hey, 
I'm not going to be a teacher anymore. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I'm going to go into psychiatry or psychology. And then I found out how much schooling is behind that. Yeah. And I said, that is also not for me. <laughs> um, and I got my degree. I went to UCLA and, and you know, I've, I've never used my diploma, by the way. I've never had a W-2 job. I've always been an entrepreneur, always. Um, so if you have dreams, go out and get them because you don't have to go get a degree to go get, do it. Um, and so, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life. I started coaching sports and all this other stuff. And so along came this opportunity because of my success in real estate to create this podcast. And it led to this now the science of flipping coaching platform that I now have a platform where I can be a teacher. I can fulfill myself and what I genuinely enjoy doing, which is helping other people. I can do that now and have a business doing it that makes a lot, whole lot more than a teacher. Nothing against teachers. I just want to build a life that, you know, I want to enjoy. And so the point to all that is it's not about the money. It's about providing the value to these people and helping them create more money than they've ever been able to make. Ultimately creates so much more value in me that that's why I do it. That's why I continue to do it. And I want to go bigger. I'm not even playing at the level I want to be playing at at that game. I want to be influencing tens of thousands a year, not a thousand a year, right? And so... If I can help those people make more money than they've ever made, if I can help them quit their job, if I can help them, like my mission is actually to teach financial literacy through real estate. That's the mission of my company, Science of Flipping. Financial literacy through real estate because it really all comes down to numbers in real estate. And if you can understand numbers and you can understand being bankable and you can understand some basic financial stuff, It'll change your life forever. And so I teach that through real estate. And so my whole thing here is, is, you know, what Grant really taught me over the last, call it 90 days that I've spent a decent amount of time with him, is you are doing others a disservice if you don't play big. Yeah. And in that case, you're doing yourself a disservice, but you're doing your family a disservice. You're doing the others that you can impact if you don't play big. You need to play bigger than you've ever played before. So quite literally, my business went from you know, spending a certain dollar amount on marketing to three xing that yeah. after hanging out with Grant. Yeah. And the number's big, right? It's in the six figures. Yeah. And so that's scary, right? I mean, that's those are real investments every month that I make into my business. But it allows me to impact more people and allows me to become part of circles that are playing at a much bigger level, such as Grant Cardone, such as Brad Lee, such as so many others, right? I just told you um, Garrett J. White and Sean Whalen and just the the list goes on and on of people that I'm now in their world. They are in my world. They're in my phone. And, and those things ultimately are going to help a whole lot more people because we're all servers. We all serve other people. Every name I just named, including yourself, we're here to serve others based around our current experience and our past experiences. And ideally what we're trying to do is, is highlight the faults that we've had. Yeah. So people don't have to go through those faults. Right. And if you can do that, then there's only upside for those people that follow us. Yeah. Man, um, I actually like what you said because uh, first we're going to go and cover the why right now investing in real estate, buying real estate in 2023 is a great idea and how, basically like the roadmap of what a real estate business should look like. Yeah. But um, what you said is huge because if you think about it, what do the biggest companies in the world do? They have, they give people access to what they need and to solve the problem, right? Whether that's communication, whether that's like getting something. And almost the access is always either for free or very, very low barrier of entry. And if they want to go and get other type of like premium benefits, then obviously like they, they have a huge charge for it or they have like a decent charge. But I feel like Science of Flipping itself could be literally a, a, a platform on some, you're in tech right now and mm -hmm. some sort of tech where yep. people can just, freely go and have their education of real estate, at least the basic level where they understand, hey, this is the thing that I really want to do for my life and my career. I want to take it all in. And then if they want more education, then probably they'll go through the premium type of uh, type of features or type of benefits. But like you have tech right now mm -hmm. and a lot of tech companies, what they have at the very beginning to help a lot of people is a freemium type of access yep. or like all level access. Think about, for, for example... Yeah, Spotify, right? So we have it. It's called Insider 
the science flipping insider. So if you go to the scienceflipping.com forward slash insider, you have all my, not a hundred percent of my training, um, but 90% of it, my documents, my tools, For my free. free, the scienceflipping.com forward slash insider is totally free. Um, I mean, the reason why I do a podcast is to give away the goods for free, right? The science of flipping. The reason why I have a YouTube channel, you know, justincolby.tv is to give away this stuff for absolutely free because the more I can make an impact on people on a wide reach, the more I know, you know, A, they'll make more money, but B, my life will be fulfilled because the more value I provide, I promise the more income I make. Yeah. And it's not because I'm doing anything different it's just i'm providing more value to others yeah. so we do have that right yeah for example us um we we place virtual assistants now we call them collaborators by the way nice. so you know i like that name collaborators little ip there yeah there you go and uh, so these guys are in another another country let's say venezuela colombia brazil whatever um and they're looking for a job here in the us and with the remote work remote access they can't get a job if we cannot get a client and fulfill their client because they have applied through us but they can't really get a job because we don't have the bandwidth yeah but with the the, the axis of helping more people in that mindset of being able to to help more and give people more access if we have a platform where people can go and find these collaborators and they're ready for real estate they can literally pick and choose and they can have their own screening and their interview process for the real estate space, a lot of those applicants that come to us every single month, which is thousands, they're going to be able to get a job. Yeah. Like it's not only the 30 or the 40 that we currently serve. Right. It's going to be now hundreds yeah. or thousands. And think about the impact you're making on those people. Exactly. Not just your client, the people you're hiring and the opportunity you're giving them that can't find a job, that can't get paid the way that they can get paid here or even a fraction of it, right? And so the, you're providing a massive value on two sides of that coin. The people that you're employing to serve your client and the client that you're giving service to. And that's brilliant. And the more you do that, and the bigger you go, instead of 40 employees, get to 400 and then 4,000 because that just means you're serving them by giving them an opportunity to make really good money in a really good company with a really good leader yourself. And you're serving the clients that need that service, right? I mean, how many people are in our space that need the service that you provide? Thousands, thousands, tens of thousands, right? I mean, in order to be like a true CEO, a true business owner, there's absolutely no way that you can do it without teams, no, without, no without people. Okay, now AI is coming and things are going to be easier, but that's just like an accelerator for processes, yeah. not for like changing like the actual like team culture and whatever you're building. So yeah, well, the difference, the way I define that is there is a massive difference between a business owner and being a hustler. Yes. So my good friend Kent Clother says it all the time, right? You got to get out the hustler to become the CEO. The challenge is becoming a CEO takes a very specific skill set. Most people don't have that skill set and then they don't invest in themselves to learn how to do that, right? You're a great example. You're coming with me to the boardroom to kind of develop better skill set for yourself. Very successful company. And you're like, I got to level up. I need to be around the right people. Most people don't take the commitment you're taking, right? I paid 100 in 2022. I've spent, I invested $115,000 of my own money for coaching masterminds because I need to get better. I need to be bigger. I need to have a better skill set. I need to harness the skill set. And the challenge is most people say or want to have a business, but if you really look at it, they just have a high paying job because they do all the work. Yeah. They're the chef, they're the cleaner, right? They're the maid, they're the everything. Yeah. So the, the challenge is people need to invest in themselves. They're very quick to spend money on things and they're very quick to not spend money on investing into themselves yeah and it just doesn't make any sense and then think about it this way if you're hiring someone whether that's a local employee that goes to your office or that's a virtual remote uh worker that works for your company um if you hire an a player an a player always would want to level up an a player always would want to take it take it to the next level always learning uh making more money um getting getting to higher levels on their career 
So if you really want to have a great team where you're hands off in a lot of stuff and you're growing, if you're not growing, your, yeah. your team feels that and you're basically dying. A hundred percent. That's the, especially if you have eight players, they're going to look at you and be like, well, what are you doing? Like I'm an A player. I'm trying to grow. I want to get better. And if you're not a good leader, so this goes back to the, uh, management versus leader. So I talked to a lot of my elite. We talked about like the levels of my coaching, right? You have the elite or upper echelon doers are getting deals done. They're in the game. They're making money. I talked to a lot. A lot of my coaching to them isn't obviously how to write a contract. It's not the basics. It's you're at a level of leadership you've never been at. And that's why it's not working for you. Yeah. You need to understand the difference between being a manager and being a leader too often. And I was a victim of this. The reason why I have so much passion behind this is 2014, 15. We were doing great, making a lot of money. I took what I call the owner's box, right? So put my feet up, team's got this, we're rolling, right? Mm. But I am essentially the rainmaker of my business. Yeah. And so if I remove myself because I wanna be cool and take the owner's box and tell everyone, I run a business, but then the business starts to fail because I'm not being a leader to that business, then that's 100% my fault. Yes. And that's what happens is people want to build a business and hire people, but then they get them all trained and they're, and then they just let them go yes. and they stop leading them. Yes. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a disease in our mm -hmm. space, specifically in real estate. It's really a disease. Like, and then they think they're leading them because they have a weekly meeting about KPIs. Mm -hmm. that is management that is not leadership there's a vast difference between management and leadership and people don't get that and they're willing to just say that they're leaders because they have a weekly meeting about kpis it's nonsense and so i what i'm telling you is echoing what you're saying the leader needs to become a better leader all the time there's always ways to better better themselves right as simple as reading audio or listening to audiobooks or reading right like i went on a big binge this year because my coach got me to this place of like, I write a whole bunch of stuff about the military and the leadership within the military and what it takes. And by read, I mean, listen to on audiobook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, because I firmly believe that that is the case. Yeah. Is the lack of leadership is, is a disease in our space. And it's because people don't have that muscle, right? People aren't born leaders. I know you hear that you're a born leader. Yeah. No, you're not. You can be charismatic. You can be born charismatic. People can be drawn to you charismatically, but doesn't mean you're not a lead. Yeah. There is a vast difference in that. You're making me feel so good at, that I'm not feeling so bad about that. I learned the same thing this year. Actually, it was last year, 2022. I had the biggest breakthrough. I'll be like, okay, I'm doing the four-hour work week. The four-hour work week is what I want. Yeah. The book tells me to only work four hours. Yeah. But... How'd that go for you? Oh man, terrible. Yeah. I, we were at our peak and I started doing the four hour work week. Yeah. And then the, like three months down the line, I just started going the, like the decline. I'm well, like, of course, because you weren't in the more? game anymore. Yes. Right. That's the problem. Right. And, and that's okay. You went through that because you have to. So what I always tell any entrepreneurs, you need to go through these things. You need to go through these learning curves. You need to go through these hiccups. Hopefully you can have someone around you that can say, don't do that. You have a coach, you have someone that can say, that is a mistake. Hopefully that's the case. And at the time you didn't, that's fine. But, you know, those are the things that you realize, oh, shit. Okay, learn, learn my lesson. If I pull myself out of this, my business goes down. You always, and everyone goes through it. By the way, never feel bad about some challenges you might be going through because we've all gone through them. Yeah. Right? And, and the only difference being is I've done this 15 years and you've, you've done it less, right? And so, yeah. Almost three years. Right. So. so that's okay. You're going to go through plenty of mistakes, but that's why you want to be in coaching or a part of a mastermind or something that you can have someone, him thinking about doing this thing where I'm only working two hours a day. What do we think here? Yeah. And I'd be like, well, that's the bond about that. Yeah. If someone needs to keep you accountable. Like, of course. Like big people have always someone that keeps them accountable. So of if, if someone joins your program, they can, you, you can always notice when someone is not really doing the thing. You're, you could call them out as a great coach, you know, having coaching moments because leaders will also make, make mistakes even though they're making millions, uh, helping hundreds of people, Hell yeah. thousands of people. Hell right? yeah. Leaders make mistakes all, all the, the time. time. I make mistakes all the time. I'm not sitting here. That's what I'm trying to say is 
that bullshit of like, bro, I got everything under control. I'm the fucking man. It's nonsense. I'm trying to grow to a place that I have never been, right? So for me to lead my tribe to that place, I'm making mistakes along the way. And the reason why I do so well at coaching and people love my coaching is because everything I'm learning by eating these shit sandwiches and making that mistake, I then can go to Esteban and say, hey, dude, well, I just ate this huge shit sandwich. Don't do that, right? Because then I can impress upon them what not to do. That's really the power of coaching is not always just what to do, yeah. but even more importantly, what not to do so you don't have to go make that mistake, yeah. right? So you can ultimately keep more money that you make because that's what the mistakes happen. Yeah. Mistakes happen and there's financial consequences to those mistakes, right? Yeah. Whether you lose a lot of money, the marketing didn't work out, whatever. So the key to all that is like, dude, there's, there's nobody. Name the name. Everyone is currently always making mistakes. Some may be bigger, some may be smaller. And I would rather smaller mistakes along the way than big, massive ones. But again, Grant himself, right? I spent two days with him and he just poured into me and a small group of entrepreneurs about his mistakes, right? And he's he's swinging the bat big and he's made some mistakes along that line. And so I would just encourage everyone, don't get discouraged if you're making mistakes. Like the only way you lose is if you quit. And you can never beat someone who always gets up. You can never beat someone who always gets up. So for anyone out there listening to this and you're an entrepreneur, you're in real estate, whatever, get in the game and stay in the game because you will never lose if you do that. You will always be able to win as long as you're taking action. And I'll kind of leave it at this. There's five pillars I firmly believe in for all entrepreneurs. First of all, decide what the fuck you want. Decide, right? I'm not asking you figure out why you're doing it. I'm saying decide what you want and then have your commitment level support that. So the decision of what you want has to be so big that when you make the mistakes that we're talking about, you keep going anyways. That's how big that decision of what you want is. It's not, I'm doing it for my kids. Everyone's doing it for the kids. Everybody, trust me, every parent is doing this for the kids. So decide what you want and then align your commitment because you're going to make a lot of mistakes and it's going to happen. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. So you keep getting back up because your commitment sticks to the decision you made. The next, take massive action. Massive action is going to cause mistakes, but you must take action. Don't get ready to get ready to make sure you're ready before you get ready when you're getting ready. Like, just go. Done is better than perfect. Three, be totally prepared to be uncomfortable all the time. Esteban's growth to get to 400 employees is going to push you way further than where you're currently at by 10x minimum, right? Yes. Um, So be prepared to be totally uncomfortable maybe a couple restless nights, those type of things, be, be okay with it. That is the status quo for entrepreneurs. And lastly, and what I would probably say most importantly, quit and stop the bullshit time expectation you give yourself. Esteban doesn't need to have 400 employees by the end of 2023, right? And because if you fall short of that and you have 200 and you're all disappointed and miserable and blah, 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 yeah, but you have 200 employees, yeah. right? In, in my world as a coach, people come to coaching. I want a deal in 30 days. What the fuck does 30 days mean to you? Like, why don't we just go get your first deal? Yeah. Let's go do that, right? Because then you have a skill set that you can replicate forever, right? And so the time expectation kills people's dreams, kills people's commitment to what they decided to do because yeah. they, they fail – under the time constraint they gave themselves that no one else gave themselves. And then that kills their dream to stay committed to the decision. So those are the big five. Yeah, people come with wrong expectations about business or marketing or even what it actually takes to be successful That's all it. the time. I love those five pillars. I want to call those five pillars the, um, the five pillars to turn a shitty sandwich into an authentic Cuban sandwich <laughs> made by your your authentic wife. That's right. My Cuban wife with the exactly. Cuban sandwich. Absolutely. 100%. That's awesome. All right. So why is, it, why is it a good day? Why is it a good year to actually be in real estate? 2023, everyone's talking about it. Like, Why, why should people buy and get into real estate? Uh, this is the next best thing since 2008. The, the economy is not going to crumble. We're not going to have the catastrophe we did in the real estate market and economically we did in 2008. We won't. But up until this point, this is the next best time, meaning there's, we just mentioned Amazon, Salesforce, 
Facebook, layoffs are happening. People are in financial challenging times, right? So if we as real estate investors can provide value to them, then we get what we want, which is a good real estate investment, and they get out of a challenging time. This moment is the next best time since 2008 to do that. So if you don't have that skill set, this is why you need to get in the game now. Yeah. If you want to get to building wealth, you need to get into the game now because this is the next best time to buy rentals. Yeah. If you want to get building wealth, then you need the skill set of learning how to do subject to deals, wrap deals, seller finance deals. If you don't have that skill set, this is the time to do it now because it is the next best time since 2008. And people, will, the haters will go, Justin, I made so much money in the last five years. You're fucking crazy. Bro, everyone made a lot of money in the last five years. The market was incredible. You did nothing special right? Now is the time to harness that skill set so you can actually win for the next 50 years, yeah. right? That's why I say what I say. Like, I'm on a mission to get 2,000 residential doors. Love that. Right? I'm on a mission. Now, that's a good money. That doesn't get the big B, but that's good money, right? That creates an incredible lifestyle. And, and I'm going to do it all through real estate, right? And so um, that's my mission right now is, is to impact as many people as possible. I'm buying deals from my students. I had a, a student that I taught how to structure a subject to deal. He went in, he negotiated it, locked it up. He was a little overpriced. I said, hey, dude, go back, renegotiate. I'll be your buyer. He went and did that. I bought the home. I saved the person from going to foreclosure. I had to bring 20 grand to the table, um, stop the foreclosure, reinstated the loan, they don't have a foreclosure on the record. My student made $8,500 on the deal and I bought a rental. Yeah. That's the That's perfect such scenario. a win-win. Honestly, if you create a system where even if your students are not really prepared to take it to, to the closing table or even keep the properties, you're, they're still going to get an assignment fee or totally. they're still going to get some sort of like commission. 100%. Because they have learned from your systems and the way that you get deals uh, and now you're going to be the buyer or someone, another student in your community can be the buyer. 100%. For example, I'm buying all the time. So I tell my, my clients, Hey, you got, you got creative deals. I'd love to buy creative deals. Send me sub to send me seller finance. Yeah. I'll pay you a fee. I'll pay you whatever fee you want. Uh, but, um, buying right now that, uh, I think it's one of the easiest way to, to get into the real estate game without having to go through the traditional, you know, asking for a loan and things like that. Um, and, and still be able to build your portfolio, creative financing and stuff like that. I feel like you, you have incorporated that way, way more this past few months into your coaching and everything. Yeah, because the market, right? So what I'm telling everyone as a coach and then also in my own business, people are gonna need our help now. They need to get more creative. Right, they're going to either have been out of a job. In the example I just gave you, I also just bought um, Monday, I think, or no, Friday we closed um, a duplex in Cleveland, Ohio, 100% seller financing, because there's either people that don't need and want a certain price that might fit a good creative financial deal, and then there's people in need that we can come in and help them, and it creates good fin creative financing. So I'm more like we went. My coaching program went from two calls a week to four calls a week. Yeah. Because we added two more calls specifically to creative financing yeah. each and every week. That's how imperative it is right now. And by the way, it's a skill set that in great markets, it's a great skill set to have, right? And so I'd say it's really imperative people understand that part. Because you or me or there's plenty of other people that as long as the deal works, we'll buy it yeah. from you. We are the buyer. That's huge. Now, uh, you've mentioned different locations now, and uh, you mentioned Ohio, you mentioned like different areas in the US when buying a creative financing deal as a buyer. Like how, like a lot of people ask me like, man, I don't want to buy if it is not like in my area, because sure. I'm not going to be able to like take a look at it, manage it, like how you currently do it or how do you currently tell your client, your students? I think people are short-sighted by saying they have to be in their market. Yeah. I understand what they're saying. I just think that's not a way to grow. You're going to do it very, very slow. There's not going to be very many deals in your market. I have rentals in Alabama. I have rentals in Oklahoma. I have rentals in Ohio. Um, I think that's the three states I'm in, in different cities, by the way. But, uh, you know, this business can be run totally virtual. Rentals can, flips can, so can wholesales, right? And so um, if it's good enough for the hedge funds, if it's good enough for the iBuyers, it's damn sure good enough for me, oh, right? Yeah. And I would include anyone on there. Buy a rental because it's good math. A rental is pure math. 
you don't need to see it. The, the challenge is people think that they're all contractors, that they know what they're even looking at. Mm. Well, you know, if there's a hole in a wall, cool. But do you understand what's behind the wall? Do you understand the electrical? Do you understand the plumbing? Do you understand exactly if the roof for sure needs to be replaced or maybe it has another eight years? Do you know that stuff or are you guessing? Well, the reality is you don't need to see it. Have the professionals go see it. And I don't have to be there to do that. So it's just short-sighted. They, they don't know what they don't know. And that's why coaching is so imperative, right? Yeah. Is those same people could probably, instead of buying one rental this year, they could probably buy five. Yeah. If they just understood a little bit more and realized there's a process, you don't have to go see the home. So as an, as an example, just for rental, not flips, but as a rental, um, you someone sends you a deal in Ohio mm -hmm. and uh, it, it looks juicy. It looks great. But you're scared of like the property management and like not being able to like take care of it from from here and maybe you have to fly like what are those what are those steps I mean, what, so you're using a word i just don't subscribe to being scared mm -hmm. like okay could is there potential for things to go wrong in those scenarios sure but if i want to get to 2000 doors i got to find a way to make those things work i got to okay. create a system around it right i need literally on the way here i was talking to my manager anthony you know anthony I was like, hey, dude, we need to find a good property manager out in Cleveland. We don't have one. I'll make a couple calls. Let's get some referrals. It all goes back to network. So I just bought this property in Dayton, Ohio. Made a couple calls, put a post on my Facebook group. People are like, here's this, 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 this. Found a great girl. She's amazing. She's not only a property manager, but she has um, like kind of an in-house. Uh, she has several referrals for contractors. Like it's, it's just been an awesome relationship. But it's because I put it out there yeah. and my network gave it back to me. And so I would just say rely on your network because it's amazing what's out there. Because at the end of the day, it's a limiting beliefs. And um, for example, there's also limiting beliefs or there is beliefs and behaviors that you got to do from going on doing only one deal a month or every other month to two or three deals every single month and then doing five deals and then doing 10 deals. Yeah. So can we go through that roadmap? What do people need to understand? What kind of skill sets and behaviors they need to have on trying to be more consistent on their deal making when they're starting a real estate business? Yeah. It's, so growth comes down to marketing. The challenge I see all the time is people want to do more deals. And I say, okay, how much mar marketing are you doing? This is the exact lesson I learned from Grant Cardone, right? He said, Justin, where are you at? Where do you want to be? Here's where I'm at. Here's where I want to be. He's like, all right, so how much have you increased your marketing in the last 90 days? I'm like, I haven't. He's like, this is exactly what you just looked at me. <laughs> I said, I hear you. And I heard him. What he's saying is, how do you expect to increase your deals or sales or revenue without increasing lead flow? Yeah. You can't sell anyone if no one's there to be sold, right? So he's like, bro, you are playing way too small. And so what I would tell anyone is if you want to grow, then you need to bring in more leads, cold call, direct mail, pay-per-click advertising, networking, agent reach out, doesn't matter. Bring in more and then become a better salesperson. So you mentioned Eric Klein, great friend of mine. We're putting some business together to teach people how to be better salespeople in the real estate space. Because if you can understand the sales and have a process for that, then you just need all the leads you can have. Right. I firmly believe we're in an opportunity business. And in some circles, opportunity businesses are it, there's a negative connotation, right? MLM, whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying bring in as many opportunities as possible in real estate and then diversify how you exit them. Because the person who has the most opportunities in the real estate game will have the most deals done. The person that has the most deals done mostly will make the most money. Right. Yeah. So it's the opportunities. Bring in as many opportunities as you can. Right. If you don't have a marketing budget, who cares? Go to Privy, right? It's $97 a month. Go do agent reach out in general. Go to for sale by owner on Zillow. Go do door knocking. Go cold wholesale some deals with some, some people that have a marketing budget like myself. Bring me a buyer. I'll give you a rev share. Like there's a lot of those opportunities, but you talked about limiting belief. It's because you don't know any better. Yeah. You only know what's in your own four walls. You don't know what's outside of them. This is again, you need a coach. You need someone that's been there that has gone through that kind of stuff and can show you the world that you're missing because your own negative belief system or limited belief system. Yeah. So for the audience that is listening right now and they, they want to come here and potentially uh, take a look at what you have to offer, uh, how would you run them 
or what what kind of, what type of skill sets, what type of marketing do they have to do this chunking down, chunking down? So one to three deals a month. Mm-hmm. What type of marketing skill sets um, and what initiatives do they have to do in order to get to one to three deals a month? Uh, privy and or agent reach out. Get deals that are already deals. Everyone's looking for a motivated seller. A motivated seller is listing their property on the MLS. It's your job to be a good sales negotiator to get it at a good price. There's your motivated seller. Privy is $97 a month. You can just do general agent reach out in your area. Um, the other way is, you know, leverage co-wholesaling opportunities, right? If you have a wholesaler that you know is getting direct deals, I have, you know, probably five to 10 deals a month I get because people know I have a great buyer's list, right? I make massive investment into invest- investor lift, which a lot of people can't do each and every year. Yeah. So they know I can sell a deal in Alaska. I can sell it in Ohio. I can sell it anywhere. So they bring me the deal because they don't have that buyer yet, right? Um, be that person for those people, right? Um, and agents are a great resource for buyers, by the way. Yeah. But you don't need to go spend a whole lot of money. And then, you know, if you do have a couple dollars for marketing, you can use things like launch control. You can send out text messages, buy a list, and send out text messages. But you don't need to, right? I, I think the bit, path of least resistance is for sale by owner. Zillow, et cetera, bringing a buyer to a current wholesaler in privy. And you can get one to three deals every single month. Can, do people need to hire someone or can they do it themselves during that? They have to do it themselves to start. Okay. I don't believe real estate is a, a game that you just hire someone out of the gate. We go back to the leadership and management and like building a business sounds cool until you realize you actually work harder when you build a business than when you're an employee. Yeah. Sometimes I just wish I worked at Starbucks. Right? <laughs> like, holy hell, no brains, no headaches. Yeah. Right. So, um, the reality is it's always, you start yourself. But then you see your life and you're like, yeah, it sucks. Been. I don't want to have that life. I want to have the nice things, the nice 100%. vacations, like going to Turks and Caicos in a couple of days at a very expensive resort, all inclusive yeah. for my daughter, Sesame streets everywhere, whatever. I like that life. I'm not going to get that life working at Starbucks. You right? don't want to uh, give uh, coffee cups with the wrong name on people. Right. People's wrong name all the time. And get yelled at all the <laughs> time. Justine. What? Wait, do you know Are that you that's, that's also kind of like a marketing tactic? They, Starbucks actually uh, not only makes them feel kind of uh, familiar with the brand and kind of like get them to write the names so that they'd be like, oh my God, I... I belong to Starbucks because they they know put my me. Name. However, yeah. they also put the name wrong sometimes so that people can put it in social media and talk about it how people are actually doing the wrong name. Interesting. And that can Starbucks is still in the media. Got it. Yeah. 100%. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So I've been studying like uh how do mainstream uh like high marketing yeah. people like Starbucks, McDonald's, uh Bad Bunny Shakira. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all, the, all those guys are doing like marketing. Interesting. Like, that was really interesting. Yeah. But, anyways, all right. So, if uh, so someone has uh, agent outreach or co wholesaling, and maybe they're doing direct to seller marketing with uh, SMS uh, in launch control, three to five deals, what type of skill sets, what type of hires, um, and what type of behaviors do they have to implement to get to three to five deals a month? Well, so the behavior has to be, right, make the decision that you want to do three to five deals or one to three deals. And then the next thing is you got to commit to it. So that's the behavior. The commitment is the behavior, right? Taking massive action. So again, my whole thing is how many offers did you write this month? Because if you're writing three, then you're not going to get three deals. Like you won't get one. So it's just there's revenue generating activities. And that is the, the biggest of them is making the actual offer. But there's also how many calls did you make to realtors? How many calls did you make to homeowners? How many offers did you make verbally? How many offers did you make via DocuSign or whatever? And you just need to do more, right? So it's always about the actions that you take. A lot of people just stay busy to stay busy because they want to feel like they've achieved something. Man, my day was so long. I'm so tired. And then I can ask them, well, how many offers do you? I didn't put out any offers. Well, brother, I don't know what you were doing all day but it was not being productive. You think you were being productive, but really you were just creating shit for yourself to do. So you can feel like you were productive, but none of it was going to generate another deal or more money for you. So really you just want to feel good about yourself and check off all these check boxes 
So you can say, I did everything I set out to do. None of that drives your business forward and none of it creates more revenue for your business. So really, you didn't do shit in my eyes. Yeah. That's how people work. So putting out offers, uh, but you can have offers if you don't have lead gen, if you don't have appointments that you're talking to. It's cyclical, to. right? You got to become a, a brilliant marketer. And if you don't have money to spend money on marketing, then you need to find cheap and or very inexpensive right? Previous $97 a month, your services they can start to use, right? They can use your services to go reach out to sellers because they don't have time or want to. Well, that's very inexpensive relative to, to, you know, hiring someone in the United States to be calling every single day. So there's opportunity out there, but you got to start with bringing in the lead. Yeah. Find as many opportunities, right? You can, people find uh, leads or for example, I get leads not only with paid marketing, but also because I built an authority. Like if I got good at something, now I'm, I'm giving back to the community. People are bringing in me leads. Like yeah. people, people are bringing in me deals that I could potentially look at. Mm -hmm. And that like you also work that way. Like you are now an authority in the market and people are bringing you free leads. Because yep. yep. like you said, in Instagram, oh, there's this um, seller finance person, yeah. seller's finance opportunity. Um, so if you don't have, you don't find a way to bring in leads, it's because you're not doing the right things. You're not really trying every single day hard doing the one or two or three. That's because they're scared, right? They're not bringing in leads because they're going to say, well, what do I do with these leads? What happens if I bring in all these leads and then what, what do I do? They don't know. So they're scared. The best way to remove fear is by taking action. So by taking action, you're going to know what to do and what not to do. And that will remove your fear. The challenge is people want it, but they're not willing to do what it takes to get it, right? And so they don't bring in the leads. They don't call you, try to get your service because they're scared of what happens if Esteban's company really does what they say they're going to do, which he does. And then I have all these leads. Now what? Yeah. Again, buy a coach, hire a coach, figure this shit out, but don't be scared because there's nothing to be scared of. Someone has done it before. Someone can teach you what to do. You just need to make that decision. The, the thing is, is they don't take action because of fear. Fear is the overarching thing that stops everybody. And it's not fear necessarily of what to do next. It's actually fear of failure. That is the biggest thing that challenges everybody is because they say, okay, I'm going to hire Esteban. I'm going to get his system or his, his company to get me these leads. And then they're going to sit there and I'm not going to know what to do. And then my friends and family are going to call me a failure for trying to be an entrepreneur when really I'm just a Starbucks employee and I can't do anything. The fear of the judgment of their friends and family quite literally stops people from doing anything yeah. because they can hire someone to teach them what to do with those leads. Yeah. More than anything, they're scared to actually get started because if they get started, they know they're going to tell their friends and family and they know if they don't complete what they started, they're going to say, yeah, I told you not to go do this. You should have just stayed at your job at so-and-so company, yeah. right? And that is the biggest challenge yeah. we have in our space. Man, um, don't go blindsided. Like if you're listening to this and like, for example, you want to scale up, you want to grow, if you go blindsided on what to do, there's a science for marketing, capture attention. When you get the attention then, and you get an interest, start a conversation. But then there's a science of conversion. When you got the interest and you start a conversation, how do you, how do you convert that lead into a deal? Like it's, it has a follow-up and sales process, right? The science of conversion. And all of this goes within the science of flipping. I was just going to say, I like that you keep saying science. I see what I, you're I doing there. <laughs> I, I love the whole concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, the science of, of, of... Science of sales, negotiating. Yeah. I, I mean, it's everything. Of solving a problem. That's totally it. Like, you can't just be giving out, like, cash offer to every single person that comes in. Like, that doesn't make sense for someone that maybe fits sub two or create a finance right. deal. Doesn't make sense. So now you have to, because there's a science towards uh, converting more. There's a science towards flipping more. Mm -hmm. There's a science to deal, you know, growing your business. Then learn those skills such as, okay, doesn't work for wholesale. Let's learn what uh, Colby's, uh, Justin Colby is doing uh, two times a week, yep. which, is, which is now doing creative financing. That's right. Right? Um, so what, what else is there? Like what type of, so what type of hires do you think that someone that is doing three? It depends five? on who your audience is, but I would say if you're doing three to five deals a month, you don't need to hire. You're getting to five plus, I would hire a, a personal assistant. I'm not saying executive assistant. I'm saying personal, meaning they literally handle all the things I use. Great analogy of this would be what I'm trying to sell my wife on is a nanny. 
not because I want someone to babysit our child or raise our child. It's because I want someone to take off all the shit that she doesn't want to do off her plate so that she can go get her hair done, so she can go get her nails done, so she can go to the gym, so she can do the things that keep her healthy and mentally stable, such as she could do the laundry. The nanny could do the laundry. The nanny could make the lunches. The nanny can make us dinner, and we just put it in containers and heat it up at night. The nanny can do these things around the house that can help my wife. Same thing in a business. I need an assistant to do shit that I, I don't want to be doing so I can focus on what? Generating more revenue. So kind of like an executive assistant would be. Yeah, but I just don't like using the executive part because an executive assistant, like they're very task oriented around the business. I'm talking about anything. Yeah. Like you might need someone to go walk a property and take pictures. Yeah. I don't know if that's an executive assistant. That's kind of a person. Hey, can you go walk this property? Hey, can you go grab me lunch right now? Hey, can you go? Like that's the first hire every time. I don't care if they're an executive assistant person, like someone to do the shit you don't have time to do because it doesn't generate you revenue. You should be generating revenue. Yeah. End of story. So until what point should they be super ultra busy? Let's say 70%, 80% or 90% of their time until like they do a someone, they hire someone that helps them with the entire. I, you know, I, I try to say, I kind of make it a benchmark. You created a business, you own a business, you started a business, so you can live an incredible life. That life usually revolves a lot of money, Yeah. right? Um, and so all the people who say, like, it's not all about money, it is all about money. Because if it wasn't all about money, you wouldn't go to your job 40 hours a week working for money. 100%. So it's all about money. Yeah. Let's just be very clear. Um, so if you want to have that life, then I would say... Before you hire, you should be earning roughly 250 grand a year. Then hire somebody. But don't hire someone until that point because what do you – you're just taking money out of your pocket. I call it being lazy. Yeah. If you're not making $250,000 a year and you're hiring people, then you just don't want to do the work. To me, that's being lazy because you could actually be making more money. Yeah. Right? So I kind of put a dollar amount on it. It's not a deal thing. Right. Um, if you can start to get to a place where you're making that kind of money, 20 grand a month. Sure. Go ahead and hire somebody. Right. I mean, 20 grand a month could be two wholesale deals a month. Yeah. Really? That's all it could be. Not crazy. Right. It could be one. Right. If you have a $20,000 average, it's one wholesale deal a month. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of say, but even then, if you're only doing one, like, do you really need to hire someone? Yeah. Or are you just being lazy? Yeah. But I would say you should at least be making that type of money before you consider it. I agree, one hundred percent. You're you're a big fan of having um, U.S. based people, right? I am. I am. You know, my cold calling, com not mine. I don't own it, but the one I use in Mexico, and I like that. The same reason why I like your business. I like the bilingual aspect, specifically English and Spanish. Yeah. There's just so many Spanish speakers here; it just can go a long way. So I really like that. But yeah, in terms of like the true team, they're all U.S. based. Love that, man. Um, if someone wants to reach out, there's so much to talk about, by the way. Totally. Like, <laughs> I can come back and do it again, bro. We'll do we, it again. We can do another episode, man, like, and go deeper in, into other stuff. Sure. Pretty cool. Uh, by also, I respect your time, and uh, we're almost here an hour. Yeah. It's, right. it's awesome. Like, I feel good talking with you, man. So, uh, if someone wants to reach out to you, to your team, like, what's the best way to do it? Uh, social media. Go to um, the Justin Colby at Instagram. It is really me. We will have a conversation. You can ask me questions. Uh, and then justincolby.tv. Justincolby.tv. I give away for all the people that want free stuff and justincolby.tv. It's all there. Subscribe there. And then Instagram's the Justin Colby. Are we going to be seeing more stuff from you in YouTube? How's that look? Like? A lot more. Oh, man. I'm making a hard push. It's all about content. The, the bigger you go, the more you need to be able to deliver. Okay. Uh, what, when is your, uh, when is your, when is your next uh, episode? I'm, next? I'm launching a brand new podcast called entrepreneur DNA, which has, I mean, it'll have to do with real estate, but it's really about entrepreneurship. So I have some big boy guests Man, on that one. DNA, like science of flipping, like it all works. <laughs> all this really like catchy names, yeah. cool names. I love it. I love yeah. that you think about the branding of, yeah. uh, of the, of your stuff. Of course. Appreciate it, bro. Just like this, man. But, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you being here. Um,
Let's have a second round, man. I think that we can do it whether in your podcast or something like that in yeah. your, your studio or here at some point. Um, and everyone that uh, is looking to know more about Justin Colby and Science of, Science of Flipping, um, go and follow him on social media. Also, make sure that you, you wait for the launch of that podcast, The Entrepreneur DNA. Yeah, that sounds It'll be awesome. pretty dope. So thank you for everyone that is listening. Again, if you love this episode and you got some value out of it, uh, leave us a review. Only takes about 60 seconds um, to actually do it. Go to Spotify or even better, Apple Podcast, uh, if you're an Apple user, and uh, give us a five-star. Uh, tell us what you think about this episode. Uh, and check out the other episodes. We're going to be bringing in huge players uh, in the game. Uh, I call it diamond type. So, all right. Thank you so much, Colby. Thanks, Justin. Too.